Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison, and you're listening to episode 29 of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Parallel. So, as you can see, we'll be talking about selfish singles. Um, hope you guys are having a good day today. You feel loved and cherished by people um and if no one's made you feel loved today i'm just gonna tell you you know you are loved um yeah so keep up the good work we believe in you um yes so as you guys may remember um i talked about an episode um forgetting the episode number but the episode uh, about self-love um i talked about how matthew 22 39 tells us to love others as ourselves so i spoke about the importance of the loving yourself part in that episode but um i only touched on what it looks like to be you know self-centered and um, i want to elaborate on that a little more in this episode and i Especially think that as singles with no kids, it is so easy to focus solely on yourself. Um, And I think that can affect, you know, our empathy for others and just you're missing out on um, the call as a Christian in this world. So that's what we'll talk about today. All right. So I want to start by telling you a quick little story about a client that I used to work with. So. This client was about the age and the point in their life where they probably won't marry. Um, And I'm not saying this to be mean, but, you know, she was in her 60s. I know some of y'all probably were thinking, like, what, she was in her 30s? No, that's still very young, y'all. Okay, it's still young. I'm talking about she was an older woman, right? And I'm not saying this to be doubtful just because of her age, but um, I think this person was not really making room mentally or physically to be in a relationship um, they might, may not have even been open to finding men anymore because of past disappointments and they weren't really looking to cross paths with men to potentially marry. And you can really see that this person lived a life that um, had become like Ezekiel sixteen twenty four, And it says, you have built yourself a mound and made yourself a lofty shrine, a lofty shrine in every public space. Um, and I think you know, writings in the old times always do a pretty great job of really painting a picture for us. So here's another example of like shade and the ultimate drag in the Bible, because that happens so often. (laughs) It's like, did you really have to say that? Dang. So um, not only did this verse like need you to know that you're making an idol of yourself, but um, it needed you to see just how truly selfish you are. So the shrine isn't just sitting on its own. You know, it's not sitting in your living room. It's not on a flat surface. No, you went out of your way to build a small mountain. That's a message right there. Okay. Not you trying to replicate your idol. Who do you think you are? So you got your little puny mountain. You stuck your thick skull on there. And this is including myself. Okay. I'm also, I also am a human who struggles with selfishness. <laughs> um, and this thing is in a public square, right? So this is where everyone meets back in the day. Everyone would meet in the public square. Everyone can see you. So, and some translation will say you've put it in every public square. So not even in, not even just one aspect of the world or in one space, you are literally spreading shrines of yourself. Um, um, and when we slow down, you can look at how ignorant that may seem if you think about that whole imagery. 
and I'm not trying to insult you guys, um, but we can really see how foolish we look as sinful humans making shrines for ourselves. Um, Like if the Lord were to sit me down, cross his legs and tilt his glasses and read to me some of the things I've said to people, even in my mind, sometimes, sometimes I'll be thinking like, nah, the Lord be laughing because sometimes I'll be really creative with my insults. (laughs) Like maybe he just be smirking. I don't know. But if he sat there and recounted some of the things I said, it would be more than embarrassing. And, you know, I've said and done some mean things, but I don't think the things would be, you know, the things I've said would be the things that hold the most shame. It would be the person I'm speaking to recalling them, you know? Um, Maybe like if an old classmate were to sit there and read those things, I'd be like, okay, I did say those things and they were mean. But to have Jesus Christ sit in front of you and read that, you know what I'm saying? I just imagine seeing the hurt in his eyes and his voice as he sees what I'm doing to the people that he loves. Like, ah. Um, and even the mean things that I've said to myself and we've said to ourselves, like the Lord winces at those things. He doesn't enjoy that. So um, I know that affects his heart. So when you fall into selfishness or to sin, I want you guys to remember, like, the focus is not on avoiding sin. Um, it's really you focusing on the fact that you have genuinely hurt a real person, someone who loves you and spends every day with you, spends every day looking over you, a person who's willing to comfort you, give you guidelines to follow, not to ruin your fun, but to keep you in peace. Um, and also enjoying the fruit of the spirit in this crazy world. So all that wrapped into one human is who you're sinning against. It's not an idea or a rule. It's an actual human being or being in general, you know, someone who came and lived on this earth as a human being and went back to heaven is, and is going to come back for us one day. Um, and when you really grasp that understanding, I think that's when avoiding sin gets a lot easier. Um, when you're less focused on how close to sin you can get or how much pleasure you can receive before it's considered sin. Um, because even in the attempt to quote unquote avoid sin, you are still sinning because you're, you're still the idol on the mound. Does that make sense? Like, let me say that again. Even in the act of avoiding sin, quote unquote, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're trying to get as close, but also not get as close. You are still the idol. You are, you are sitting at the feet of your own shrine, asking yourself, how close to sin can I get today to please me enough? Instead of looking to the only idol that will fulfill you and saying, how can I please you today? How can I love you today? And that is a huge difference. Now, this episode definitely applies to all Christians on earth because we all fall into selfishness. But I really think it can be so much easier as a single person. Um, as I said earlier in, well, in the self-love episode, like I don't got to answer to nobody, not even my mama. Okay. Nobody. Cause I'm grown now. I definitely respect my mom and I honor her and what she says to me. And I, I care about the advice that she gives me. But at this age, like, I'm paying my own bills and I'm making my own decisions respectfully. (laughs) So um, I don't have to listen to everything my mom says or to, you know, anything that anyone says. Like I can leave, take a flight to Aruba tomorrow if I want to by my dang self. Um, And I can put my phone on do not disturb. Well, my phone's always on do not disturb. But I can leave my phone in the room and have no humans that need to know where I am. Um, like there's no one depending on me for love and there's no one that I need to respectfully check in with to make sure that he knows I'm safe. 
And even though I would be perfectly fine checking in with my boyfriend or my husband, um, I also am perfectly fine with not checking in with anyone as well. (laughs) So um, as I spoke about it in the episode about seven myths of singleness, this is a perk that married people do not have. This is a perk that people who um, have children do not have. So if you want to be more grateful for your singleness, go listen to episode 13 because I think that'll be helpful for you as well. So yes, these are benefits, but if you carry this, I don't have to check in with anyone mentality um, into your current relationships, um, it can be very negative if you are doing it in in an unhealthy way. So the first thing that will go usually is your willingness to be accountable to people, um, which we talked about about, um, in the episode about willingness to be held accountable or seeking accountability. Um, you might hide your flaws or literally just not address them because you can just spend less time with that friend or that person and just keep it moving. You don't live with them. You don't have to see them often. You just keep it moving. Um, or you'll literally just like shrug it off. Like what they say doesn't matter to me. (laughs) Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, another thing that I think is affected is your ability to empathize with others if you are so focused on yourself, the fact that you've got it all together and you're you're doing just fine, even though you're literally ignoring opportunities to be held accountable, um, it'll be a lot harder for you to be compassionate towards others' struggles and you'll lack patience for others as well. Um, if someone isn't treating you well or behaving the way you want, you might just ghost them or put them in the like only go out with these people bi-yearly <laughs> because like you don't have to see them. And you may even become this selfish in your pursuit of being in a romantic relationship as well. Um, You might be easily turned off because you're unwilling to compromise and be selfless. So you wait for a man that will never exist because you're looking for someone who only makes you feel happy and makes your life easier on a sin filled planet. That don't make no sense. So sorry to burst anyone's bubble, but literally everyone you meet has a high probability of offending you. And when you get close with people and you're vulnerable it is that much more likely for that person to hurt you. That's just how it is on earth. Now, you should be with someone who is willing to admit their flaws, who doesn't shame you when you come to them with your hurt, but there is no way to dodge that. You can't predict that that will or won't happen. So as single people, we have to stay in a space of contentment and independence, but also a willingness to grow and be held accountable. Um, and it's not an easy dance. I think it's a lot, uh, similar. It's very similar to, you know, um, Paul David Tripp has a saying where it's, we are in between the not yet and the already, I believe he says it. So it's just kind of finding the balance of being a single person who's independent by yourself, doesn't have to have those responsibilities, but also someone who is willing to be held accountable and, Um, focus on others other than themselves so it's not easy so especially when you want to you know guard your heart in the dating scene um, but if your main focus is only your own pleasure in relationships you're doing it all wrong so um, I think also if your main focus in your singleness is how can I please myself um, every day your goal is like how can I make me happy And that's also wrong. And that might be, you know, why you're feeling purposeless and can always find something to complain about because you are serving the worst God you could ever serve. And that's you. And there's, you know, never a good return on your investment when your main goal is pleasing yourself. 
It has to be something else. So some people choose their jobs or even people and things. And even that provides more meaning. But um, the only person that will ever give you the greatest return on your investment and go above and beyond is Jesus. Um, But I think if you don't know who you are or what your purpose is, it's so easy to be whatever you want to be in the moment or do whatever you feel because you don't have a real grounding. So it's important to understand that you um, were literally bought with blood and you are a joint heir with Christ now. You're completely different. So you are of high worth. So that also means that um, most of your time should be devoted to things that are of high worth in the kingdom because any accolades or things you acquire on this earth are not coming with you. Like they can't come with you and it's going to be you and Jesus. And I, I don't want this to feel like I'm like wagging my finger at you go, you guys. Like I said earlier, it may be, you know, being selfish may be a natural byproduct of literally not having to be a, uh, accountable or having responsibilities. Um, and you just kind of become so independent that you didn't even know you were becoming self-centered in some ways. And that, That's why marriage and good friendships, good relationships are so helpful because um, it can help you to rid yourself of self words. (laughs) It'll help you to rid yourself of selfishness and help you to become more like Jesus. So um, even if you never marry or if you do, like now's a good time to get a head start on serving others and loving others well. Because, yeah, marriage is going to come or or it might not come for some of us, you know, Um, but your marriage can't be the thing that fulfills you anyways. So you're going to have to find that in Christ. So the question then is, um, what should your life look like as a single Christian? Um, it should look like a servant of Christ. So now this is not disregarding self-love and knowing your boundaries. Um, this is an addition to that. So John 21, 15 through 17 is an example of that. Jesus basically outlines the people what it looks like to love him. Um, because it is first, and foremost, most important to love Jesus. Jesus literally outlines it in other verses as well. But here he asked Paul three times, do you love me? And what a beautiful question to be asked by Jesus. Like, that's such an intimate question. I feel like it's it's very it's a very vulnerable question to ask someone. I think you guys should kind of think back. Like, when have I asked someone this? Have I ever even asked this question? Um, this is a very intimate moment that they're having. So Peter answers, yes, Lord the first time and Jesus says his response is feed my lambs and then Jesus asks him again do you love me Peter says yes Lord then Jesus says tend my sheep and then Jesus goes on to ask Peter a third time and it says Peter is grieved and you know in my human mind I'm thinking like I would be kind of sad too like just kind of processing my love for someone and I'm telling them that I love them and they're they're asking me multiple times um And Peter then says, like, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And then Jesus tells him again, feed my sheep. So um, I want to remind you guys, too, this is soon before Jesus um, ascends to heaven for the final time. Um, One of the last times he's seen before he comes back to finally, you know, see us again. And these guys are to bring the gospel to the people of that time. But it also affects us to this day. What the Lord was asking him to do so the fact that we can have such an intimate relationship with someone we have never met is because they obeyed that call and I think that's beautiful and it's profound and I'm so glad that Paul I'm sorry Peter and Paul (laughs) um really understood what Jesus was asking them um because it's affected 
what we have in our relationships with Christ to this day. So y'all are probably now all shuffling, shuffling over and trying to obstruct the view of your shrines to yourself. Um, and this is supposed to compel you and not condemn you. So, um, in today feeding of sheep and tending of sh- tending to sheep, um, can be correlated, uh, literally right so feeding those who are hungry but also to provide spiritual food and tend to them um you know overseeing them and making sure that they are learning and eating on their own and being able to care for themselves um this is also a nod back to being a helpmate in the kingdom so this can look like using your talents for the church whether that be singing or investing your time in the church's ministry giving your money um being a part of the greeting team or the prayer team um you could be in the creative team at church, uh, social media, graphics, things like that. Um, joining a small group for accountability and fellowship, just literal fellowship. You don't have to be in a small group to do that. Um, could be you going out when it's not Sunday um, and your church helps in the community in various ways. Uh, it could be as simple as paying for people behind you at Chick-fil-A or just speaking to servers um, or just people in general in the drive-through like they are actual human beings <laughs> giving them eye contact asking those people how their day is um, and addressing them by their names those are all intentional ways to love people um, also complimenting a stranger or spending a little more time in conversation when you really don't care about the topic for whoever you're talking to um, uh, and I do want to remind you guys of Hebrews 13 2 um, where it speaks about not forgetting um, to entertain strangers strangers because by doing so some may unwittingly be entertaining angels and isn't that so cool like I got some stories for y'all that I think I I really haven't met an angel before but that's that's besides the point um I think there's so much um other communities that honor each other when they realize that they're part of the same group like I know Indian people and Jewish people um, they be looking out for each other. You know what I'm saying? They be giving discounts, free lodging. You know what I'm saying? They be like, oh, you from this family? Okay, stay for free. You know what I'm saying? And, and I know since Christianity is such a cultural thing in America that you really don't even know if people genuinely mean it when they say that they are Christian. Um, but I think you should be more hospitable, that much more hospitable to Christians, um, you know, and be more willing to be selfless because that is your literal family. Like regardless of the blood that makes people family on earth, um, you know, cause sadly like that blood doesn't mean anything once you take your last breath. So when you wake up in the morning, um, you need to have that understanding that you are infinitely loved, that the Lord will provide for you and, um, do things that communicate your love for others. Uh, but do not stop there seek to serve and to love on someone other than yourself daily multiple times a day because you it ain't a list to check off you know what i'm saying when my man was asking jesus how many times do i gotta forgive 70 times 70 my man's over here trying to do math (laughs) and i'm not good at it so i'm not gonna tell y'all what the number is but you know what i'm saying we're not just saying oh i helped somebody out once today i met my quota no Look to love often throughout the day, okay? Um, and I believe that your life will be so much more fulfilling. Um, in the story of Abraham in Genesis 12, Abraham is told that he will be blessed to be a blessing. Um, and in Acts 20, 35, it says, um, that is better to give than to receive. 
And that's just not out of like moral obligation, but truly the Bible is telling us how fulfilling it is to give. So, you know, with all the extra time you are not giving to a spouse or to a child, give it to building the kingdom, whether that be fellowship with Christians or just loving on someone other than yourself. And, you know, if somehow you plan to open your mouth and say, I don't have time, make it because nobody's that busy. Okay. And if you plan on making time for a significant other, when they enter into your life, you can make time for feeding the sheep and loving Jesus before they arrive. Okay. I want you to really hear that. (laughs) Okay. So I hope this has allowed you to kind of check in on the ways that you are living out your singleness. Um, If you want to help and support the show, you can join us on Patreon and have access to content that our free listeners do not have. You can use the link in the description or uh, the link on Instagram at the parallel pod. And remember, always speak the truth in love, guys. I'll speak to you next week. Bye.